This presentation is from Design Research 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. All right, that was a nice, super fast switch over. We're getting so good at this. We've been running conferences for nine years, and like we can now finally just swap speakers over without uh, fiddling, fussing, and computers breaking down. <laughs> it's almost like we know what we're doing. So I would like... To introduce Alicia, uh, she works at Mercer, and as you can tell from the screen, she's going to tell us about how um, they go about connecting their customers and colleagues. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, everybody. So, nearly two years ago, I found myself uh, sitting in the emergency department of our local hospital, and I was with my father-in-law. Now, he'd just been brought in after being found standing on the side of a freeway in the dark with his bike. And conversation with him quickly revealed that he was very confused. Physically, he was fine, but he was suffering from amnesia. And he couldn't actually remember the last five to seven years. And, and it was a very strange experience to um, sit with him and talk to him about what had happened over those last few years. He was an avid traveller, and he'd just returned from a holiday in Singapore, but his most recent travel experience he could remember was in 2011. And so in that emergency department hospital room, I told him that two of his children had got married. This was news to him. And I was able to watch his joy at being told that he now had two grandchildren that he didn't actually know about. Now, the good part of this story is that it was temporary. Um, it, it's called, for those interested, global transient amnesia. And it occurred because he'd gone for a bike ride, wasn't well hydrated, um, and is a little bit older in age, um, and there's been no ill effects moving forward. But what it did was it was a wake-up call for my father-in-law. He realised that it was time to start thinking about his life in the future, and more specific, specifically, his life um, in retirement. So, having worked in superannuation for a few years, I joined him on his journey to try and make sense of his finances. And in doing that and immersing myself in his experiences, I learnt firsthand how hard it can be. I, uh, together, we tried to understand his superannuation, tried to understand pensions. We, we tried to predict how long would his money last uh, navigating the complexity of Centrelink. There's pressures, you know, the legislation's going to change, you need to make a decision right now. And so it was really quite a challenging experience. And, and I'd worked in research for many years, but until I actually joined him in his experience, going to seminars, talking to advisors, talking to banks, I really had no appreciation for just how difficult it could be. My role is in customer experience design and implementation and I'm fairly new to the role and I work for Mercer. Many of you may not have even heard of Mercer. We're a global financial services firm. We help people manage their health, wealth and career. And in Australia, around 2 million Australians hold their superannuation with us and our core purpose is to create better lives. So design research with its underlying core tenants of observation, exploration and empathy can reveal insights 
that can form the basis of great customer experiences. And certainly my experience with my father-in-law taught me the value of design research and the opportunity it presents to immerse yourself in others' journeys and reveal insights beyond simple surveys or data analytics can reveal. The, the challenge for me in my new role is that I am one person in one team. And at Mercer, 21 different teams actually play a role in the delivery of customer experience. And so while I've been working to develop empathy for our customers, my colleagues have not. And so today I'm going to share with you quite a simple way that we're trying to enable our colleagues to experience the process and benefits of design research and how in turn that can help improve the experiences for both our colleagues and also for our customers. Now, hands up who has a credit card. Hands up. Right. Keep your hand up if you know, uh, if you could name the bank that your credit card is with. Yep. Keep your hand up if you can tell me the name of your super fund. Oh, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Keep your hand up if, uh, if someone was to ask you how much is in your super fund, you'd be able to give them a pretty accurate idea of how much is in it. Yep. Okay, so we've had a few hands go down. It's really interesting. Super is a fairly, um, what we call, a low engagement <laughs> category. I actually, I had a bit of a technological fail this morning. My laptop didn't work and I'd replace this image because when I did a test run, all of my colleagues started yawning because they had empathy <laughs> for the image. Um, but look, my father-in-law wasn't unusual in his, um, in his um, uh, views on superannuation and his engagement up to that point. Um, Super is a low engagement category. It's super, it's boring, it's super boring. Um, <laughs> we, we know that um, through research that typically it comes to mind at specific points in your life. So milestone birthdays, 40, 50 in particular, 60. Um, and then things like job changes, ill health, redundancy. Those sorts of things can be triggers to start thinking about super but it can be made needlessly complex because of constant legislative change um, that can make it quite difficult to understand. So what we find happens is that when you start to think about super, usually feelings start with avoidance. We want to avoid it. And then those feelings transition to confusion before finally, unfortunately for, for many, landing on defeat. And so our challenge really is to replace the avoidance with engagement, to re replace the confusion with clarity and to replace the defeat with success. As I mentioned earlier, MRSA is um, quite typical of um, many organisations. We're large, uh, 21, as I said, 21 different teams actually in some way, shape or form touch the customer experience. Many of them act in silos, they act um, in teams where they each have their own service level agreements, their own KPIs, uh, their own goals that may or may not sort of loosely move towards sort of a common goal but it can be difficult to drive change across all of those teams. And certainly uh, Mercer has quite a well-established insights and analytics capability. So while the customer voice is at the executive table, 
um, the, the needs of customers um, and the understanding of customers often doesn't extend more broadly through the organisation, specifically to the teams that make a difference. So we found a way um, that, uh, it's quite a simple way, um, that what we're trying to do is give colleagues the opportunity to connect with customers and to learn more about, their, uh, learn more about customers or people in similar situations to our customers with a view to enabling them to develop, to develop empathy for their situation and have a better insight into how they personally can then make a difference to their experiences and interactions with us as an organisation. So we are doing some... Um, a, a, we're, a, we have identified an opportunity to um, leverage the work that IDEO.org has created with Acumen. So what they've done is created a seven-week online training program that is self-directed. And in doing this program, participants have the opportunity to experience, at a very high level, some design research techniques. We sought approval to have 28 colleagues participate in an upcoming program. And colleagues were chosen quite deliberately to represent diverse backgrounds, diverse roles and diverse levels. And we asked them to have a think about some of the challenges that our customers face. And so some of the, the, the challenges that were identified included how might we help retirees aged 60 to 70 to have the retirement they want, how might we help people easily transition from full-time work into retirement, overcoming superannuation inertia, and also looking even earlier, engaging 14 to 17-year-olds. Through the program, as I mentioned, colleagues did have an opportunity to under, uh, engage in design research techniques. And I, but I do want to say it's not obviously their execution. The execution is not at the level of the practitioners in this room. But nevertheless, the opportunity to connect with people was often the first time that our colleagues had had this opportunity um, to actually talk to people in a, in a, a non-service environment. So within the IDEO framework, there are four techniques, if you like, or four means to design research. The first is learning, with, learning from people. And in essence, our colleagues paired up and interviewed individuals about the challenge at hand. They had the opportunity for the first time to design questions, record the insights, Interviews were um, conducted on weekends, out of hours, and um, recorded where possible, then played back to the broader team to share the learnings. The second technique was around learning from experts, which is pretty much as it says, that is expanding out our knowledge about the topic of interest by talking to those um, experts in the field to get a broader perspective. Thirdly, uh, colleagues were quite delighted to have the opportunity from time to time to step outside of the building and actually go and spend time in places that our audience of interest spends. So we had teams hanging out at bowls clubs, uh, local suburban shopping centres. And finally, analogous situations. So being in a situation or being able, having the opportunity to talk to people who, have, who are in similar situations to the cohort of interest. And in this case, having a think about people who are moving from full-time work 
transitioning into retirement and comparing that to people who are expecting a child and about to go into maternity leave. So after these, um, uh, the participants had the opportunity to undertake this research, they returned back to their teams, downloaded the insights, synthesised, and then went on to continue the design, think uh, the design thinking process of ideating um, new ways to overcome some of the um, opportunities that arose from the research. For us, there's been three core benefits um, of this initiative. The first is um, really importantly for our colleagues, and that is we're giving our colleagues, um, for the first time, new opportunities to, to de um, develop new skills. And for many of them, it's skills well outside of what they would do on a day-to-day -day basis, to design and ask questions, to record and synthesise insights. Um, and what was particularly interesting, too, is watching how they coped when they learnt new insights that were jarring, unexpected. Um, at Mercer, we've got something like one in four have been with the organisation more than 10 years. So when you're in, uh, in, in an organisation immersed in that environment for such a long time, people make assumptions. And so it was very interesting to watch. At first, people were quite shocked uh, when they learnt new insights as a result of this process that were quite contrary to beliefs. Um, but what we found then is that they became our greatest advocates. They were the ones that were going out to spread the word almost a bit in bad... A bit cool. I can never say a word. Uh, but they, were, they became our greatest advocates because they were the ones to say, you know what, we thought it was this, but actually we're completely wrong, it's that. For our organisation, we're building our insights and... Um, insights capability. So what we're doing is we're building a central repository to house transcripts, to house um, all of the material, photos, video, whatever it might be, for ready access to the broader community. So what we're trying to do is, is enable others to understand the why when we go on to change customer experiences and give access to that content. And of course this work complements existing work that will continue to happen um, say through formal market research surveys or, or data analytics. And then finally, um, and very importantly to me, I talked about my role being design and implementation. The implementation bit is by far the hardest. Um, and for us what we're seeing is that I, as a result of this program, I, I feel that I have an amplified voice. Um, that is, among those who graduate from the course, they're the ones that are now breaking down the barriers to delivering great customer experiences. They're the ones who are willing, more willing to embrace change, um, to change processes, change whatever needs to change to make life better for our customers. One of the examples I, I sometimes talk about is that um, we had a particular process that has six different teams involved um, and for our customers it was a rubbish experience. Uh, you needed to fill out a 10-page form and it had 42 data, you know, you had to put in 42 bits of information and you had to get certified ID. You have to wait two weeks. Uh, two in five weren't able to do it um, properly the first time and so would have to do it again. Um, and it was, it was a dreadful experience. And as a result of one of the team's work in this process, we have been able to re-engineer that experience so that it can be done over the phone in 20 minutes uh, with um, zero requirement for any additional work for the customer. So that's been a great um, output. 
In terms of um, thinking about this more broadly, I was, I was thinking, well, you know, from, from, for those on the agency, uh, from an agency perspective, maybe having to think about your clients, if there's an opportunity for you to play a role in the facilitation, um, development and facilitation of educational initiatives, um, or for those who have um, the role to play as a customer advocate, um, here are just a couple of things that I, I learnt along the way and that I am still learning um, to make um, programs like this successful. So the first is leadership support. So um, I do think that initially I had a few sceptics um, on my leadership team. Mercer has an actuarial heritage, uh, so very numbers. And so when I said, guess what, I want to do yeah, run some human-centred design, I'm going to pull some of your... Your, your employees out of work for a while and I'm going to you know, immerse themselves in customers that I've got a few blank looks. But um, what I also was very grateful for was the opportunity to, to um, then have those teams present back to the board their work. Um, each team had 10 minutes where they had the opportunity to talk about their experiences, their new learnings. And as a result now we've got continued support from our leadership group um, to continue to have um, colleagues participate in this initiative. Teach me to fish. We, I, I feel that by equipping colleagues with the skills um, and opportunity to connect with our customers yields greater empathy than simply giving them a market research report about what people are saying. Um, Certainly, the opportunity to develop new skills as well for our colleagues is that these are skills that they won't just use in their job at Mercer, but they're skills for their broader career. And finally, deeds, not words. So, um, as I mentioned, the, the, the real challenge for me is around implementation. We are starting small and implementing quickly. And one of the most important things that we've been doing is continually communicating why we're making change um, and how. The newfound empathy that we're seeing among our colleagues is driving change across a num in a number of different ways. And we're seeing within teams that those individuals... <laughs> is now the time to say I'm a bit scared of words? <laughs> um, uh, the... Um, <laughs> He's distracting me now. Um, yeah, so what we're seeing is that um, at the moment we're seeing a lot of change being driven within teams um, to the customer experience as a result of the empathy that our colleagues are developing for our customers' experiences. Uh, for example, one of the uh, uh, one of that we have we had someone in our communications practice do the course. And what they learned um, is what's become a bit of a trend is that people actually don't like the word retirement. It, it conjures up quite negative um, uh, perceptions. And as a result, we're now looking at alternative ways to communicate that. Some of the work, the insights, are now being built into induction training for our employees um, to further share an understanding of our customers. I'll leave you now with a quote. And that is, alone we can do so little and together we can do so much. Um, connecting our, uh, enabling our colleagues to connect with our customers or people who are in similar situations to our customers um, means that we now have um, groups of individuals who are having more empathy for our customers' needs and their lives. Our meetings are now tending to start with words like, our customers need, not we have a product, which is 
how it used to always be. And what we're seeing is far greater buy-in to change, far greater buy-in to break down old processes, change behaviours that hinder the delivery of great customer experiences. So I hope this has given you a little bit of a flavour of how we're building an organisational capability that harnesses the benefits of design research uh, to create better lives. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.